On this episode, I get to talk with Michael Gallardo. U.S. Army veteran, Paralympian, and Emmy winner are among some of the accomplishments he has at this point in his life. We talk about life and how he tries to approach the goals that he continues to set for himself. I can only hope that you get something out of this conversation in that regard. I know that for me, in my goals, he's definitely given me some more perspective on how to achieve the things that I'm looking to achieve. If you enjoy the conversation, please follow Mike on Instagram at rocket underscore arm underscore Mike 31. You can also reach out and follow myself uh, on Instagram, Caleb versus self, uh, or if you prefer email, Caleb versus self at gmail.com for any comments, suggestions, any feedback. Again, hopefully you get something out of this, trying to build a plan, a process for you to achieve your goals and all the things that you're looking to do, especially in the new year in 2022. Thank you as always. older at this point having kids and and doing all that like how are you gonna kind of focus on that piece because it is hard especially with you like you're you're back at school you're still doing everything that you're doing on top of raising your boys how do you think you're gonna continue to push the envelope of making new friends and really driving that point home for yourself well i mean like you know that that pulse is like one to keep myself accountable Right. But then like to get others to to join in and like, you know what, like, hey, I want to do this, like, let's do it. And then like we do it together. So you, you get this support system, right, of like, hey, Mike, and, and people have like, you know, messaged me and, um, you know, through Instagram and like privately and just been like, hey, this is what I want to do, because like a lot of people are shy about it. You know what I mean? And they don't want to, you know, put it on blast or, you know, have everybody see, which is an awesome thing to do. You know what I mean? And uh, so then you gain like that number four, you know, about meeting new friends. I'm like, oh, dude, I don't even know your name. Like, bro, just like or like, how you doing? And then here's my number. Like, let's keep in touch like weekly. Like, hey, what what are you doing towards this goal? What have you been doing? And so like my number four is already I don't even outside yet. And I've met a new person, a new friend, like through uh, social media and like. I get it. Like, it's not the same thing, but at the same time, like, it's just like how we're, what we're doing right now. We're, we're on, you know, FaceTime or, you know, on the laptop or, you know, Zoom, whatever the, the hell it is, you still get to see the person and talk to the person. And, um, you know, one of the, the main things about like soldiers just in general is that they have PTSD and there's different types. We could go into like five hours just talking about PTSD, Yeah. but like in general, I just, don't like going to big crowds and don't like meeting new friends. Um, you know, and, and so what I'm doing, it's just going against what my body is telling me that, 
you know, I know it's not going to be too harmful for me. Like, I, I'm not, it's not going to be harmful for me to meet new, new people and talk to them and meet new friends. So um, really just challenging myself to go out there and, and, and do that because in the end, like, like you were saying earlier, like I've done a lot of things like athletically or even professionally in my career, but like I still haven't tackled like things that that bug me and bother me so like you know like I, we were saying um just going out meeting new friends uh going to a concert um i don't like doing that stuff but i'm yeah, going to do yeah, it yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah i mean and i think obviously with most people like with covid obviously that's exacerbated the issue because now you have some people who are just whether it's using that as an excuse or a crutch or you know what I mean? Not trying to actively push through and find a way to make this stuff happen. Like you said, right? You could do it on FaceTime. You could do it on Zoom. You could text people. You can call people. Like there's ways to do it. Um, but for you pushing through that, especially all the way at the beginning when you had your injury, were people like um, um, Eric Bassick instrumental in pushing and, and getting you to, to getting to be more involved as time went on? Uh, definitely. Because, you know, you have... Um the one thing when you first get out, right, is you go in the military and it doesn't matter what branch, right? You serve your, your time, whatever it is, for 20, 30, 40, whatever it is, right? Uh, for most people or most soldiers enlisted, um, you know, it, you're just thrown out into the wild with no, especially in combat arms, right? Like infantry, scout reconnaissance, uh, tankers, motors. Uh, field artillery, like, dude, you think about it, like, what are you gonna do when you get out? Like, there's no specific job for you, like, yeah, law enforcement, uh, firemen, but like, what if somebody, um, you know, from, take for instance, for, for my experience, you know, uh, somebody who was a recon scout, and uh, pretty much, you know, you spy on people and uh, report back what you saw uh, to the higher ups, and, you know, pretty much being a middleman for them doing all the dangerous stuff. And then, you know, uh, then they make a plan on that. So like, how do you put that into a resume? And, um, but like, what if you don't want to do something that wasn't in that category? So for me, like I always push myself to do different things. Like, just like I was telling you, I put my son in different things, uh, to try. Um, I did graphic design, um, and animation for, uh, major league baseball. And, um, dude, I ended up winning like an Emmy award and I was just like, dude, that's, that's nuts. Like I knew nothing about graphic design. Like I didn't know anything about Photoshop. Didn't know anything about Illustrator, um, the 3d, um, modeling stuff, which was a software called Maya. Like I knew nothing about it, but like, um, there was like a, an interview for an internship and they were like, dude, why would we, why would you even why are you even here? Like, like, yeah, this is a yeah, joke? Yeah. you know what I mean? Like I get my resume and it's talking about like, you know, uh, I supervised, you know, 30 people. Like how do, how do you even in, in a resume supervise that? Like, you know, how, how you were a scout. So like, you know, you try to, you have to try to convert what you did to the civilian world where they can understand. So like, it was like, Hey, I supervised 30 people to, uh, uh, do like, a mission, which is a, you know, uh, 
in the graphic industry was like a storyboarding. You know, I gave them a story and they had a storyboard um, something, an idea to come up with a video. So they were like, wow, they're like blown away of like how I could transfer that that um, military experience into the graphic art world. Um, and then so they were like, but you have no experience. Like you don't even know how to use anything. And I was like, well, I knew I was coming here. So two months in advance, like every day from 5 a.m. to midnight, all I did was learn these damn softwares. And um, I'm not perfect. I'm not uh, you know, a college student, but I know how to use the basics of them. So I was like, if you hire me, I was like, think about it. All these people who are coming from college, all these people who are um, coming into for this this internship, they already know like what they know, and then they're gonna be stuck in their way of like, hey, this is what somebody taught me, so I'm gonna do it this way. But I was like, me, I'm just like a an empty slate. Like you tell me, you. I was like, just like the military, you mold me how you want me to how you want me to be, and. And I'll do it. I was like, I'll be here the first one in the morning and I'll be the last one to leave. I was like, I'll guarantee you that. And then the next day, you know, out of like 500 people they interviewed, they were just like, dude, like you're, 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 you're part of, you're hired, like you're in this internship. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, dude. And what's funny is like, I already moved my stuff in New York, like in my head, like that's the thing of like, I think what sets me apart from most people is like, if I have something in my head that I'm going to do, like I'm going to do it. And with, when I went to that interview with the internship, it was a, I was living in Texas and I had to fly to New York where they're at or New Jersey. And, uh, I just brought like, you know, two luggage bags and, and, a, and a backpack. And next thing you know, I was finding an apartment like the day after my interview. And I was like, they're like, Oh, you got the interview. Like you should probably look for an apartment. I was like, dude, I already got it. Like two miles away from, from work. Like, you know, I don't have a car yet, but I'll get one. And so, so you know, it was just like that mindset that I was like, get it. Like there's no, there's no failing, you know, um, uh, for me, like, you know, there are steps where I fail, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like in order to succeed, you need to fail. Yeah. 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 But where does that mindset come from? Because it's not just the internship. It's not just winning, it, winning an Emmy. It's becoming uh, a Paralympian athlete. It's doing the Ironman Kona. It's competing in CrossFit competitions. I mean, it seems like everything that I've read and everything that I've found about you, you don't care about the challenge itself. But there seems to be a p- particular mentality towards approaching whatever challenge that, that is. And my question always comes back to... Is it because of 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 your mom? Does does your mom have that much of an impact that that's where that mentality comes from? Oh yeah, d- definitely guaranteed. Uh, like one hundred percent. You know, um, my mom passed away when I was younger. Uh, you know, I was somewhere around ten or eleven. And to tell you the truth, it was like very heartbreaking. But you know, it was a rough uh, going. Uh, hold on, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You know, talking about my mom, uh, it is, it's a big drive. Like in the end, like, I just want like people to see her and me, you know what I mean? Like the things that she'd done to like, you know, I had had a short time with her, but yet she met such a a big impact. So I can imagine like, you know, 
the much longer time I had with her, you know, uh, she was a single mother of three kids and, you know, it was, it was, we're in a rough neighborhood. We're always in fights. Um, one of my cousins would, um, at the bus stop would make me fight. Um, like old, I was in fourth grade and he had me fighting like eighth graders and, uh, and people like, um, at the bus stop would make bets, you know, like, Hey, this guy's going to win or this guy's going to win. And, you know, it just, it was really hard. And, you know, seeing my mom doing what she did, like I was saying, single mother of three and she had like two jobs. Um, and she made it to every baseball game that all three of us had. We all were in baseball. So like, I think about that now, like what I do and I'm like, dude, it's hard to like, even sit here, and find a time to be like, Hey, Caleb, let's go at five. And then next thing you know, it's like 8 PM, uh, here at Pacific time. And yes. I'm just like, how does she do it? Like how, how was she capable of doing that on her own? And I'm not capable of doing like what I'm doing now. And so like, I think about that in my head, like in general and everything I, that I do, like if my mom was able to do it, why can I like, and ever since I was 10 years old, I've been doing that. Like, you know, uh, I was actually held back a grade. Uh, so I was in fourth grade when she passed away. And I, I, I got held back because it was like, it was just me and my brothers. You know what I mean? Like my aunt had signed papers that she was going to take care of us. But really, like that it happened. She just like, we, she took some of my mom's money so that, uh, we could stay together pretty much because my mom had a couple of houses and mm-hmm. uh, they were living in one of them. So in order for her to keep the house, she had to like sign over, um, take care of us so that she could keep, keep things. And so, you know, I stood back because it was like, how are we going to, how are we going to eat? How are we going to do all this stuff? Like I, like a lot of people right now, like, you know, they mourn for, uh, you know, their mom or dad or cousins, brothers, sisters that, that they lost. And I didn't have time for that. It was like, who's going to do something about it. And so like my brother was, you know, we're all four years apart. So we're all still young and they were going to school. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do something about this. And so we had a couple of like, I don't know what it was like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, whatever. So the first thing I did is I went to Costco and I started buying all these candy bars, right? With all the money that I had. And so I would go knock on, knock on doors every day. Like, Hey, would you want to buy this candy for like, and I would overprice it like $3 for like a starburst or whatever. And they'd be like, what the hell? Like $3. I was like, Oh, my mom just passed away. And, you know, I had to tell all these people, all these sob stories, which was true. And, you know, I sold all these candies. The community was helping me out. Like, even though it was a dangerous neighborhood, there were still, helping me by buying these candies and doing all this stuff. So eventually I was like, I need to make more money. So what am I going to do next? So after selling the candy, I ended up going to like, I think it was like Home Depot and we bought a lawnmower. So then I started lowing, uh, lowing, uh, mowing people's lawns and making money that way. So then I was making really good money because it was like, I was mowing lawns and Sally candy at the same time. So like people were just handing me money, you know what I mean? And dude, like per lawn, I was charging like, I don't know, like at that time, like 60 bucks. So this was like, you know, what is it? 2000, 
I don't know, 1999. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, just doing all that stuff, gathering money for me and my brothers to eat, to, to have a place to stay, to, to live. And, and I just feel like ever since then, I've never stopped working hard. So why, why am I going to stop now? Like I have two kids of my own and, uh, you know, after seeing that, like, not only is it my mom, but it's my two kids that I have, like, no matter what we think, like, as kids, your, your parents are your heroes, you know what I mean? And they, they are watching, they are literally like sponges and, and everything that you do, they, they mimic, you know what I mean? And so like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of kids, um, now that a lot of people complain about kids, right? Like, oh, they're spoiled and they're all this and they don't have manners and, uh, all they do is scream, whatever. Right. But at the same time, they're, they're just like not doing anything about it. They're just yeah, yep. creating or talking about the problem, but not creating solutions, you know? And I feel like what I'm doing is, is part of the solution. You know what I mean? It's like acting and doing things that you want your kids to be proud of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as they see you growing up and, and doing all these things, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, you, you're in the Paralympics. Like, that's pretty cool. Or you want an Emmy, like, and, and it's the same thing I tell them is that you really could do anything you want as long as you put your mind to it and you believe in yourself. And then you just create that small circle of, of people that you know that will support you no matter what. But in the That's, end, you, you still got to have the people who are going to doubt you because those people right. that doubt, the, the, the people who doubt you and like, right, as, as they say, is haters but the people who doubt you because you need that. You, you need somebody to be like, you can't do it. Because if if somebody didn't tell you that you couldn't do it, you wouldn't think of the possibilities that you wouldn't be able to think about what you can actually do. That's, if that makes sense. You no, know, it does. It does. It's an interesting perspective because most people, I feel like these days, most people are always motivated by like some positive intrinsic thing like, you know, let me get my Oprah poster board and let me put my, you know, I want a car, I want a house, I want this, that, that. But what I'm finding more and more, like when I talk to people, you know, including you, it's people doubting you are just as important as the people supporting you as well, because it gives you that little extra motivation be like, nah, you know what? Watch me. I can do it. And I feel like that sums up a lot of, of, of what you've done at this point. I mean, not just with your mom, but even after, um, I don't know if you call it an accident in particular, if you're, if you, uh, you know, how you describe your particular injury, but even after that, right. I mean, you were told by a doctor like, Hey man, walking's going to be difficult for you. And you said, nah, watch me. Let me go do this Iron Man real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But there's also, it's also the mindset that you got to have as well. Like you can't like in most people in my situation, like, Right. Like I I tell this to everybody is like, yeah, I lost my foot, you know, a leg, whatever you want to call it. But like that in general has never been the most painful thing for me. You know what I mean? Me losing my mom is the most painful thing. Like, dude, I'll I'll give my fucking arms, my legs to have her back. Like it doesn't matter. So like in the end, like for me, like, yeah, I was sad a little bit, like, 
the first day or two, but then it was just like thinking about it, like, <clears throat> what am I, what am I going to do next? Like, am I going to listen to this guy tell me that I'll only be able to walk or am I going to just go out there, live my life and, and do something and, and show the world, like anything is truly possible. And <clears throat> when, when I first got injured, right, a lot of veterans came back, were getting injured, like at that time in 2000, uh, the end of 2006 and beginning of 2007, all the way to like 2010, pretty much. Like people were just stacking, stacking in, coming in with amputations and stuff like that. So, and doctors at this time didn't know many things about what amputees could do. And so a lot of the guys were committing suicide. And so like, I wanted to be that person that they could be like, wow, if he could do it, then I could do it. And in the end, some people would be like, oh, so, some people would be, oh, he, he only has it below the knee amputee. Like I have an arm or I'm an AK. But in the end, I would, I would go in there and talk to him and be like, it's not, it's not about the injury. It's about the mindset. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Because in the end, that's what it takes. It doesn't take a leg. It doesn't take an arm. I was like, you know, the richest guy in the world. You know what I mean? Like if he was to lose a leg or arm right now, he's not going to become the poorest guy in the world. It's his, his, his work ethic, his, his mindset that he's always going to succeed no matter what. And I think that's what people need to instill is like, it doesn't matter about your disability, about your injury. It's all about your mindset and what you're willing to, to give in order to get what you want to receive because it's in in the end, you know, I want to become a physical therapist, but nobody just say, give it to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I got to work for it, but what am I willing to give in order to get it? Like I have to give up my time. Uh, like you were saying, like num the number four, like making new friends, making, making new people. It's going to be hard. What am I going to give away? Am I going to give that up? I was like, yeah, I'll give it up. You know what I mean? But I'm still going to try. Yeah. Like give, I'm giving, spending time away from my kids. Like there's, there's a lot of things I'm sacrificing there. I'm not training as much as I, I used to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the next two years so I, I could graduate from training for the Olympics. And when 2023 comes up, dude, I, I guarantee that I'm still going to make the 2024 Paralympics because <laughs> once school's over, I'm going to go, you know, 12 hours a day and, and, and work out and, and figure this stuff out where I could throw a little bit further when I did last time. Let's, let's talk about that mindset because I feel like that's the disconnect for most people, right? Because a lot of people, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get in shape, right? Or whatever that arbitrary thing is, I'm going to finish school or fill in the blank. And that like motivation wears off after a day or two or three for most people, right? There seems to be not just a mindset, but a discipline factor in there. For you, when you get your mindset on something, like right now you're working on uh, your your doctorate for physical therapy, what do you do to not only keep that motivation, but build a plan to ensure that you're doing everything possible to be successful? So <clears throat> this is what I do, right? So I have... Four guys that I talk to from the military, like pretty consistently, right? So it's Jay, Albie, uh, David, and Juan, right? So uh, Carrillo, Taylor, Bascom, and Rosario. 
and and I try to use our first name now because I try to be like I'm not in the military anymore. I don't want to use people's last names. Like, yeah, you know, I just I just want to be like because when when I do that, I feel like it's um like it's work, and, it, and it's not work anymore. It's like, dude, let's just have fun. We all have families. Like, let's chill. And uh, so I have those four main guys, right? And what they do every day. Or to, for each other is we we check in and see like how you're doing like how's your wife doing how's school going how's this going or how are your kids going and so this is where the mindset comes in if like for example not every day I'm gonna wake up and be like oh I want to learn today every day I actually want to be like I fucking hate reading I hate school like I don't like doing this why am I even doing this every day I question myself why am I doing this. And I think the mindset comes from is like a person's why, like, why are they doing something? Right. And we were talking about talking about earlier, I'm doing it for my kids, for my mom. But then like, also what I do is I print out my goals, right. And why I want those goals. So, you know, physical therapist, why do I, why do I want to be a physical therapist? So I could provide a better future for my kids. Um, I'm tired of struggling with money. You know, I, um, and then also the main thing, so this is the reason why I want to become a physical therapist is when I first got injured, my physical therapist said, you know, all right, we're going to do like core work and, and that's it until we make a pro until we get our leg, uh, until we get a leg made for you. And then after that, I got my leg made, he was like, we're just going to walk. Once he got after, once I got done walking, he was like, you're done. Like, here you go. Right. So this is where it comes to play is I did my own physical therapy. I did my own thing and it sucked. It sucked me on my own. So now my why becomes like, I want to work for the VA so that I can help other veterans, you know, that are amputees or even old, older veterans who are, were in the Vietnam have a better life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to tell them to be like, you can only walk. I want to, when, when they're there and they start, you know, mumbling that they can't do something or I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about or you didn't do anything with your life, I could come back, slap them in the face and be like, nah, I have done something. Like I have a prosthetic leg and I'm walking, I'm running, I'm lifting weights. And if I could do it, then so can you. Like what what's that excuse? And so I want to be that person who keeps them accountable. And I think that's what the mindset is, is that having that why of why you actually want to do that goal. And mm -hmm. and then what I do is I, I print it out on like 10 pieces of paper. And everywhere I go from my restroom on the, the backside of the door. So every time I'm using the restroom, I, I see it. I put it on my refrigerator so that whenever I, I go for food, it's there. And I read this about how... Uh, Michael Phelps did this as well. And like, I do things that other people are doing. I'm just not as popular or, you know, I don't want to be, but I'm doing what these people who are very successful do already. And so uh, it was at the first year where he won like 20 medals. Like his goal was that he was going to win 20 medals and he never told his coach or I'm sorry, he, he, he only told his coach, he never told anybody else. And what he did is that he printed it out of like how he was going to succeed winning 26 medals, like, you know, do this workout, 
10 times a day or whatever it was. I don't know exactly what it was, but what he did is he printed out that paper everywhere he went. So like in the locker room, he had it on his locker, he had it in his restroom, in the shower, like everywhere that he saw or he was there in a daily routine, he put that paper on there. And so Hmm. without knowing that, I I was just already doing it. You know what I mean? And then like I read about him and I was just like, oh, wow, like, dude, I'm doing like the same thing. Like maybe I'm going to win 26 medals in 2024. Who knows? (laughs) Right, right. So the first step then is to clearly define the why, why you want to do this and what motivates you behind that. It sounds like the second step then is to find some folks that you trust, you feel comfortable with to continue to have a dialogue to be accountable to, and not just for you to be accountable to them, but I imagine for them to be accountable to you as well. Exactly. Because it's just, it's it's a give and take, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, you don't want, like I have four guys, you know what I mean? And you don't, you don't want more than that. Like I I wouldn't want another person because like you said, it's a give and take, like you have to keep them accountable and like doing it for more than four people would be a lot, you know, just like them. Most of them have kids, you know, I got to keep my kids accountable. Like I got to, you know, and, and the same thing is like, like I was saying earlier, part of the why with is, is them. So they're watching me. Like I don't want them to be spoiled and growing up and be like, have no skills whatsoever. You know what I mean? So by them watching me and, them seeing me fail, but yet still succeed at the same time. Like, you know, there are days where I don't, I feel like crap. Like yesterday, yesterday I felt like crap. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everything I was doing was wrong. Like I took a quiz and I got like a D in it. And I was like, wow, like I probably should have like not did that. Right, and right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> went to my car and then like, I was like, why isn't it starting? And I was like, oh, I don't have my fucking keys. So now I got to walk all the way back home and then like I have a short term memory loss. So I forgot what I was coming back for. So I was like, oh, maybe I came back for water because I was like, go work out. So I got water, went back to my car and I was like, damn, my keys. So I got my water, you know, one of those PTSD moments, threw it at the at the floor, popped open. So now I'm like, dude, I have no water now. Like that was so stupid. Like now I'm wasting more time. I have to get another water bottle, fill it up with water. And then get my car keys. So I'm just, I'm wasting time. So it just like staggers up. So then you got to realize that things are just going to keep escalating, right? So I sat down and I just did some meditation. Like even if you don't know how to meditate or, or do anything, like just sitting down, taking a couple breaths and just being like, I'm all right. You know, just doing that will make all the world of difference. It will reset your mind to like, all right, let's have a better day so that you could go tackle whatever it is that you need to do. Because every day is gonna, every day, like I'm saying, is not going to be a great day. You know what I mean? And sometimes that mindset doesn't work. But then when you open, when you go to the refrigerator to, to go make some food, you see your goals, your why, and how you're going to do it and like the steps. And then you realize I could do this today. So then like I had another quiz that day and I wasn't going to take it because I was like, all right, I could take it tomorrow. And I just felt like I was refreshed. So I took it and I got an A on that quiz and I was just like, there we go. So that it, those things that professional guys who are very successful, 
There's a reason why they do it is because other people do it. It's not a, it's not a secret. They, they help. Yeah. So why accountability? And then it sounds like the, the other thing is that when you're having those rough days, having or figuring out what works for you as a, a coping, coping mechanism or a reset mechanism so that a, not everything spirals out of control and B, even though you're having that rough day, you can kind of reset a little bit, continue on. It might not have been as successful as you wanted for that day, but you haven't completely ruined or trashed the entire day. Yeah, exactly. And and you got to realize that, like, you know, going on this call, right? So every day, you know, I don't know if this is like a military thing, right? Like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a plan, like, I make a plan. You know what I mean? I write it down, like... From nine to, nine to five, uh, or I wake up at six, six to to seven. I make breakfast for the kids. Right, seven through eight, they eat. I start cleaning up. Uh, eight o'clock, I take them to school, and then as soon as that happens, I start uh, doing school till twelve thirty. And twelve thirty, I go work out. Uh, and that's planned for an hour, right? But it takes me like two hours because, again, this is like the whole part of like give and take. I go to CrossFit. There's people there. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to this person. I've never met her, him or her. So I'm just going to like conversate with him for a little bit. And then next thing you know, I'm like for a whole hour. And I'm like, oh, man, like I just lost a whole hour of studying, you know? So like yeah. in back of my head, I'm just like, it's all right. Like life, life happens and. And these are the things that you need to do in order, like, making new friends and making new acquaintances helps me feel better about myself. So, like, when I do come back and, and you're talking about the reset, I'm ready to tackle on the more quizzes or reading that I have. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm energized again. So, you know, and then and I do that. Then, um, then after I go get my kids and then... I put my homework and stuff like that on pause and I help them with theirs. So I usually be like, all right, I know my youngest, it'll probably take me an hour. And then my second, my oldest, you know, it might take me 90 minutes. And some, sometimes it goes over that. Right. But the thing is, is you can't stress over things you can't control. Like I'm not going to get mad at my son for not understanding his math. And then I'm just going to leave him. Like that's not going to happen. That's yeah. like leaving somebody behind. It's, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And I think like in the end, we got to just like relax, take that breather and and control our thoughts. Like whenever you have a negative thought, whenever you feel stressed out and you're just like, oh, like everything's ruined. No, there's still tomorrow, right? Like, like just do it, right? Everybody says we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed today, right? And it's just like one of those cliche things to say. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because in the end, like everybody always says you have one life. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know about that because in the end, like when we're in Iraq, dude, I got blown up 27 times. I should have been dead 27 times. Like a bomb. Right. Is, is, it's not just like, Oh, you just got blown up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we being soldiers, we play it off as like, Oh, I just got blown up. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, people can't comprehend what a bomb is. Like in the end, like I don't even comprehend, like how did I come away from that? 
because it's like there's a fire, there's an explosion, there's, you know, concussions, there's uh, traumatic brain injury, the PTSD that you deal with, like all that happening. But yet I'm still here. Like if I could survive that, then I could survive anything. And the thing is that most people obviously don't don't do that. You know what I mean? They don't go through that, but they've been through something. And if they could survive that one thing, then they can survive anything. You know what I mean? And, and it could yeah. just be as simple as diabetes. You know what I mean? And which is not simple. I mean, that's like something very deadly, you know, uh, obesity. You know what I mean? Like you can say, oh, it's not a disease or anything, but you're going to get diabetes. Like it's harder to walk. It's, it's something that you can overcome. And if you overcome that, you're going to be like, the next challenge that you have, you'd be like, oh, if I could overcome obesity, then I can overcome anything else. And like, that's what people got to have in that mindset. It doesn't have to be, I survived 27 bombs or, you know, I survived, you know, my mom from having cancer at 10 years old and having to take care of my brothers. Like, it doesn't have to be that, that serious. That just happened to me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be that extreme. And and there are baby steps towards achieving those goals, those long-term goals, right? It's not like you woke up yesterday and you were like, I'm going to be a Paralympian. I'm going to win an Emmy. I'm going to do an Ironman. Like there are steps that you've got to take to get to those points in your life. Well, and by doing those little things, what? Well, 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 go ahead, go ahead. That, that, and, and, and my point, I actually did do that. So I, I literally just like, all right, so 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 I was working for graphic design. You know what? Let me put my dogs away because they're gonna start barking because of coyotes, and I don't want them yeah, to yeah. interrupt yeah, anything. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Percent correct that people should definitely do the steps, right? Like nobody's gonna wake up and be like, "I want to be an Olympian, Paralympian, or or whatever," right? But yeah, I don't, but... I, I don't know, I don't know what it is about me. Like, there's something wired differently, yeah, than than most people. Right. So I, uh, I was working for MLB doing graphic design work. And I said, you know what I, I did? I did the, the Ironman. I did CrossFit and then I did Olympic weightlifting. And I was like, what's next? You know what I mean? Like there, there's, it's just like, I just want to keep, keep going. Like, I don't want to stop. And I was like, oh, the Paralympics. But I was like, but I, I sort of, sort of started just training. Like I, I, I ran and I was like, people were like, oh, man, you're fast. You should try out for the Paralympics. So then uh, went for track and field. And next thing you know, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty fast. Like, I'm smoking people. Then after I raced, like, actual Paralympians, and I'm like, oh, wow. All right, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to do running because I am not that fast. Like, these guys, like, I was running. The fastest I, 100 meter I ran was, like, 11.5. And they run, like, 10 9 7 right and so i'm like dude that's 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 a lot of time like it doesn't sound like a lot but like when you're actually racing and sprinting it's like a whole body length in front of you right so i'm like all right so then i picked up the javelin and i started throwing it i was like oh man i didn't know what it was called i was like this stick thing is pretty cool like i'm just gonna start throwing it so wait, what do you mean by you just picked up the javelin you just saw one and you just picked it up i was training i was training at a college right um at trinity college uh in san antonio and uh uh i i was running and 
I guess one of the students or whatever left a javelin on the football field. It was a grass one. So they, they had practice for track and field. And I was like, nobody's around. And I was like, all right. So I picked it up. And obviously I was like, all right, well, this is the front and this is the back. Cause you know, <laughs> I picked it up. So right. I, I really didn't know. So then I just started throwing it like, like it was a baseball, right? Cause I played baseball in my life and I had an arm. So started throwing it and then somebody comes out and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't know who this is. And I just wanted to throw it to see like what, it, what it, what it was. And, uh, they were like, well, it's a javelin. And I was like, Oh, all right. And so he's like, here, just like throw it like this. And I was like, Oh, cool. So like, it was, it was, a like one of the coaches and he, he was like, just stand with two feet in front of you and just like chuck it as far as you can. Right. So like, usually people like uh colleges like if you're not elite you're probably throwing about like 20 30 meters and uh so i threw it like 40 meters right just standing no step no nothing and he was like wow like that was far i was like really i was like it doesn't look far it's just like right there i could walk to it you know what i mean they're like no no that's that's far like that means like if you're you're just standing still like you didn't even take a step or a run or whatever i was like you're supposed to run with this thing it's long like it's eight feet long like how the hell you run and throw it he was all like dude just keep throwing this and practicing that he's all i can't coach you because like a liability and all this other stuff and he's all but like i'll leave the shed open and you just grab it and just practice throwing it so i was like all right so i started practicing throwing and then he was like, Hey, there's a competition next week here at the school. You should sign up. Like, here's the link. I signed up. I ended up winning. I threw like 49 meters. I was like, Oh wow. Like, dude, I'm pretty cool. Right. Like this is pretty badass. Like my first thing. And so I have a funny story for this too, though. But like, so I go to the, uh, the check-in, right. They're like, Hey, you have to check in. So make sure that you clear your weight. Right. So that's what exactly what the what the words said to me. Make sure you clear your weight. So I just came from Olympic weightlifting and I was 84 kilos, which is the class that I was in, which is like 185, 180 to 187 pounds. So I was like, dude, I think I'm like 84 kilos still. So I go to my house, I weigh myself, I was like, cool, I'm good. So the day of the of the competition i go in like these tight shorts right like the you know the the spandex ones yeah and i get to the the competition and i get the field they're like oh this is where you weigh in so i was like cool so i stuck my javelin to the ground started taking off my clothes like took off my regular shorts to get into like the spandex shorts and everybody's looking at me and I, the girls are like what are you doing i was like i'm here to weigh in like they told me to weigh in like you're telling me to weigh in like I'm weighing in. Yeah. And then uh, they're like, no, you're javelin. Like we weigh your javelin and make sure that it's 800 grams. And I was like, wow. All right. That's, that's cool. So this is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like everybody's laughing at me. And then after like, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed, like I'm red and, you know, and so the competition starts and everybody's like, just shuts up and, and looks at the javelin fly. And they're like, dude, he could throw. So then after I just started from there, like, you know, and I, and the thing is like once that, after that first competition, I was like, I think I got something going. So I, I literally quit my, my job so that I could pursue this. 
like literally like on on the spot like i was just like i quit you, like you i'll just find like something walk later. Work and you're like i'm good Thanks, yeah guys. I, told, well, I told my boss like i he was me and him are really close I, and to this day i talked to him and i text him i was like hey i think i really want to pursue the paralympics i was like it just seemed like one cool thing to do and i was like if i don't know if i could do it while working at the same time and uh he was like oh i totally get it and so i ended up quitting moving back to san antonio and training by myself like no coach no nothing and then you know the first two years that's how it was and then COVID happened and so it got pushed back a year later and then the usa team was like hey we really think you have a shot to make the paralympics so we're gonna give you a coach i was like hell yeah because i've been doing this shit without a coach the whole time right right so then uh, i moved to san diego for the year uh so this was 2021 and i think it was like february no it was march i moved there in march all the way till july and that's all i did was like work out two to three times a day learning how to throw this javelin right because i still wasn't throwing it and even now like i'm still i still have so much more room to improve for for javelin throwing in particular is is the mechanics of throwing a javelin i feel like are insane i just did a podcast last week with a guy here where i live in rochester who does analytics for baseball pitchers and hitters and what yeah. they do is they take cameras and they put sensors and they're looking at like hip torque and you know wrist angles and all this stuff yeah. in order to build an algorithm to to better right pitching and things like that is that something that you think about or have to integrate into throwing a javelin like hip rotation and and all these different <laughs> mechanics into throwing that thing so i naturally do it right so naturally i do it but i have to do it more so like i never had to think about it so when i first started throwing the javelin they were like hey rotate rotate your hips more so that your hips lead the throw and right now what you're doing is you're 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 leading with your hips but your hand is following right behind you and so what you want to do is make sure your hips are square and facing front first before you throw. So like in my head, when I was throwing at first, I was like, I have no, I, no clue what they're talking about. And like even to this day, like if somebody tells me how to do something, like I, I don't really comprehend that way, comprehend or learn that way. You have to show me and then like I have to do it. And then like literally you have to, grab my hips and be like this is what you got to do first and like rotate them for me so that i feel it and i feel where that body position's at and then i'm like all right i can mimic that now and then that's how i learned i was like i'm not gonna learn by you telling me like rotate your hips more and and do this i'm like no it's not gonna work for me i'm I'm gonna i'm still gonna suck if you want me to if you want (laughs) to do that i can't just text you and be like your shoulders are too far back well, Stop. you can now. I would un- I would understand okay. that. But like when I was first beginning with the coach, like because I okay. didn't have that, and so we literally had to go back to day one of like throwing of like okay, if I say, you know, smash the bug, like this is what I'm talking about, and I'm like, oh, all right, because you kept telling me smash the goddamn bug, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, what stop is telling that? me smash. The- I was getting frustrated. I was stop telling me smash the bug because it's like. It's not, I'm not comprehending that right now. Yeah. I was like, if you show me while you're saying that, then I'll comprehend it. And then after she learned, uh, she learned my style of learning. So then after 
she was able to like coach me a little bit better. But what is smash the bug? What does that mean in, in the javelin world? Oh, uh, I don't know if like it's a javelin thing, but, uh, okay. Fair, fair. Or, like, um, I would land flat, flat footed. Right. And I would stay there. So then like, so as I land, I would stay there until my front leg, uh, was blocking. So like it blocks my momentum, but like what you're supposed to do is as you're landing your foot naturally rotates forward so that your hip so your foot and and knee and hip are going to move together so as you're thinking about smashing the bug you're not thinking about okay i gotta move my foot i gotta rotate my foot i gotta rotate my knee and then i gotta rotate my hips right because like it's all like a staggering thing but like she was telling me if you just think about smashing the bug then your your foot's gonna rotate right and then you're gonna your knees gonna rotate and then your hips are gonna rotate and then you're gonna be able to throw without thinking about foot knee hip throw gotcha so it's just an abbreviation of yeah. the chain reaction that occurs from literally moving your foot as yeah you land exactly to take your throw. i got you okay so when you do get to i mean you do a couple of competitions obviously you train um when you get all the way to the point of getting to the paralympics do you watch those guys as well throw? Like, is there a difference? Do you try to take notes? Do you mentally watch what they do and try to take a little bit from that? Or are you just, you're in your, your groove, you do your thing and you just throw as hard as you can. Uh, a little bit of both. So, um, I learned when I watched too much, right. I, I try to tweak my throwing, so I did really bad in 2019. We went to, uh, it's called a Parapan American Games. And it's just like all of South Central um, countries, like, you know, Puerto Rico is where, um, you know, Peru, um, like all the South American uh, countries and uh, Cuba. Um, I don't know, some other ones. Anyways. Sure. So I did really bad because I did that. Like I, I saw them and I was like, oh man, like I'm going to try to incorporate this in my throw right now. And I was like, because he's throwing it further than me. So he's obviously doing something right. So then after like, it was just really, it ended up being real. I placed like fourth and I should have placed like in the rankings, I should have placed like second or third at least. And so I was mad because I was like, why, why did I change my routine? Like, why did I just be like, okay, throw how you're doing, but then like, if you could incorporate this, if you could only, then do it. So then like when I went to the actual Paralympic Games, I was watching them and I was like, oh man, like the dude is throwing far. Like, it's pretty awesome that he's an amputee. There's no excuses of why I can't throw almost 70 meters if he's amputee and he's almost throwing 70 meters. And, um, so I was like looking at him, but like, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I get back home. Like, I'm not going to try to do this right now. Cause last time it, I ended up like re- doing really bad. So gotcha. I didn't do that this time, but I took mental notes of like how I could improve my throw. And there was a time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try to throw like how he was throwing. And I, I did waste one throw to do that. And it, and it ended up good. It ended up being <laughs> like a 30 meter throw, like less than what I do standing. And I was like, okay. Like, this is the whole mindset thing of, like, don't don't let things ruin 
you know, what you're doing, like just reset. They'll get frustrated, uh, take a breather, reset and, and go about your business. And so that's what I did. I, t- I took a breath, I reset and I said, okay, I, I know I can't do what he's doing right now, but I'm just going to go back to what I know I could do and then just let it fly. And, you know, I ended up being uh, seventh, you know, in the world out of, you know, out of the people that were there, there were just 12 or 15. And then out of the world, there's like, you know, a hundred of us. So it's not bad. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, that I, I assume you're talking about um, Summit, right? About what? From, oh, oh, yeah, from, yeah. From, yeah, from Summit, Summit. Summit, sorry. M2 yep, Summit. Summit. Yeah. He threw, um, what, two world? He broke a world, the world record and then broke it again in the first Yeah, he broke, it like, he broke it like three <laughs> times, dude. He broke it like three times. And I'm just like, dude, that's legit, man. Um, but also, like, when I was I was talking to him, you know, and uh, after, very, very nice guy. And, um, you know, the reason why he's able to throw so far is that he was a javelin thrower before. And he got in a car accident and, um, and he lost his leg again. Like it doesn't matter if he was a javelin thrower before. I mean, it does, he has the experience, but like, he could have been like, Oh man, I lost my leg. I can't throw the javelin no more. Like I suck, but he didn't, he has that mentality. The same as me is like, I'm just going to go tackle this thing. I was good before and now I'm going to be even better. And and that's his mentality. You know what I mean. He he has that warrior spirit. Spirit. That's yeah. I that's pretty wild. And I have to imagine that most of those guys that you're competing against all have at least some degree of that mentality. Yeah. No. I mean, I think you, I think you have to because if you don't, why there there's no way you would even be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and uh, you know, I face guys with two able feet. Like it's it's crazy. But again, that's. It, it's not an excuse mm-hmm. you know my coaches are all like telling me like hey like you should feel really good you're you're the second best amputee in the world like <clears throat> in the end i'm the second best amputee in the world but i don't see it that way it's that it's the whole thing of the the mindset again <clears throat> if the guy with two feet is in i'm facing him and he's in he's not in my category but i'm still facing him and they count him in my rankings i'm seventh i'm not second you know what i mean gotcha. I don't care if he has two feet, if he has four feet, if he's facing me and we're competing against each other, I have the mentality is I, I I better beat his ass. And I did it. I didn't beat any of them. You know what I mean? There were six other guys that were better than me. And so it's that mentality of I'm going to get better. And then in the end, people are going to look up to me and be like, wow, he did it. Like it, it just took work. It, he worked hard. And so... You know, it just like I was saying, it, it just being that insp- not even an inspiration, just letting people know that they really could truly do anything that they wanted. I mean, you're doing it right. <laughs> You've yeah. already done it and you continue to do it, which is which is incredible. I know uh, you're you're obviously very humble when you do talk about some of this stuff, but you can definitely hear and, and see the fire in your eyes that you want to whatever it is that you're getting into, you're going to do it to the best of your ability no matter what. And even if people are beating you, you're going to try to continue to figure out a way. So for, for that, I know you're doing your, your doctorate degree and whatnot, but 
for 2024 as you get closer to that? Are things that you going are going to try to incorporate to improve? Are there things that you're going to do differently based on your first experience now, now that you got to handle a little bit more of, of what that so, routine looks like? Right now, currently, like, I'm, I'm really, Javelin's not in my mind right now. Really just trying to pass the classes, really concentrate on what it is. Because, like, right now, is it's a lot of memory. And I have short-term memory loss. So it's taking all my full attention. Like, I literally have to study the same thing over and over and over again. I have to work. And, and, and this goes as the same thing as, as, you know, doing anything that you really want to do. All you have to do is work hard. Right. And, and find that why and, and, and keep going because if I didn't have a why I would have been, I, I would have quit already because the average person, right. Uh, in my class, they read the, the material one, one or possibly two times and, and they memorize it. You know what I mean? Like how many, how many muscles do we have in our quads? We have four. Now you got to memorize that. How about our strength, our hamstrings? You know, we have, you know, there's three, but you know, it's four together, you know what I mean? Because uh, the bicep uh, femoris has a long head and a short head. So then you got to, you got to know where, what the actions are, where they start at, which is the origin, where they end at the insertion, and then what nerves interact with them. You know what I mean? And so for me, that's all memorization and that's hard. So I had to like read it, write it, and then read it out loud, write it again, and then write it in a flashcard and then like go over it and then just repeat that whole process like two or three more times. So I, I don't have time to to train specifically for javelin. So all I'm doing right now is CrossFit to stay fit. And then on the side, one thing that I know that if, if I do this, I'll improve. I don't have to worry about my strength in training. I don't have to worry about my arm for throwing. Like it's naturally there. I don't have to worry about that. But one thing I could improve on that would improve or increase my distance is flexibility. So if I'm more flexible in my shoulder and in my hips, then I'll throw a lot further. So that's what I'm working on on the side after I work out to to increase my my throwing. But in general, I'm, I'm really not training specifically for javelin, just really CrossFit to stay fit and not get fat because I like eating cookies. <laughs> Everyone's got an Achilles heel. Cookies is yours, right? Cookies and ice cream. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, man. Well, I, I appreciate all the time you've given me. I look forward to uh, seeing some more Instagram posts of you being continuing your success, getting the doctorate, going back to 2024. And I'm sure along the way, you're going to pick up a couple more things and you're just going to kick ass doing. So again, I appreciate your time, my guy. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah.